Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. It's Wednesday. We're continuing in this week of Psalm 75. But let us notice it is the first day of February. Oh yeah, it is also The year that of our Lord 2023. Middle of the week, first of the month. When, when is, when's the Groundhog Day? When do we got to look for that Groundhog? I don't remember. Okay. Second? February 2nd. Is well, it tomorrow? Well, well, it might be. We'll have to figure this out because no, we, we sure would hate to miss a chance to give a shout out to Puxatani. <laughs> It'll so. be coming. It'll be coming. It'll be coming. Psalm 75. I'm going to read from the contemporary English version today. A psalm and a song by Asaph for the music leader to the tune, Don't Destroy. Our God, we thank you for being so near to us. Everyone celebrates your wonderful deeds. You have set a time to judge with fairness. The earth trembles and its people shake. You alone keep its foundations firm. You tell every bragger, stop bragging. And to the wicked you say, don't boast of your power. Stop bragging. Quit telling me how great you are. Our Lord and our God, victory doesn't come from the east or the west or from the desert. You are the one who judges. You can take away power and give it to others. You hold in your hand a cup filled with wine, strong and foaming. You will pour out some for every sinful person on this earth, and they will have to drink until it is gone. But I will always tell about you, the God of Jacob, and I will sing your praise. Our Lord, you will destroy the power of evil people, but you will give strength to those who are good. I'm not sure if you picked up on that. But did you catch all the pronouns in there? Because these guys... You got the they's, the we's, the I's. Yeah, except for the way the, the CEV translators have dealt with this. God's barely talking at all. It's just us telling... It's it's the psalmist telling God about stuff. So in verse 2, instead of God declaring that I have set the appointed time, uh-huh. it's the psalmist declaring you have set a time to judge with fairness. The earth trembles and its Whoa. people shakes. Yeah, it's... I, I think that's interesting. Well, that's... I think that's uh, I hope we chose the right translation to read from today, well, given you know, some of our notes. Well, I mean, it's not like we can't so, see in the psalmist. I mean, but I just I don't have it right in front of me there. Do they do the uh, uh, quotation marks at all? The only the only place where they have quotations is in verse four. You tell every bragger, stop bragging, and to the wicked, you say, don't boast over your power. Stop bragging. Quit telling me how great you are. So they have God saying, stop bragging, and don't boast of your power. Stop bragging. Quit telling me how great you are. This is look. This is clearly an interpretive choice. I mean, they've they, there are some questions about some of the uh, the person in uh, of some of these pronouns in the psalm, but in the main, this psalm shows God speaking. I do this. I do this. Not mm-hmm. the psalmist declaring what God does. Mm-hmm. So this is you know in moving it to the contemporary English version, the the interpreters and translators here, I guess believed that you and I, contemporary English speakers, would understand the message of this psalm better if they shifted that. I'm not sure that's a really good choice to make. I'm with you. You know, I I get a little anxious sometimes with the different translation philosophies and how far do you go with the dynamic equivalencies and all that to, you know, try to make it. But yeah, to change it that much, you you really are changing the, the voice. Yeah. Yeah. In a, in a significant way. And what a great opportunity for us to talk for just a moment about the translations. I know we do this every once in a while. Yeah, every once in a while. And so just, just as a reminder to ourselves and anybody else as a fly on the wall listening in, 
Uh, you know, I'm I'm not one of these that starts taking a look at a lot of translations. It's, oh, you can't read that translation; it'll send you to hell. Um, <laughs> uh, even even this one here. That does sound extreme that. when you say it like that. Well, it, it, the way some people talk sure sounds like. Oh, you it can't is. use that translation. Right. Uh, you know, but translation philosophy is an important thing, and what we need to realize is that there is a spectrum. Mm-hmm. And you move from we're going to try to be absolutely literal, mm-hmm. just we're going to just going to expose the words. Here's the words. And we're going to try to give as, you know, as whatever the English word is that makes that that, that portrays that word. We're just going to put it and we're going to nobody does that. Nobody does no. it exactly nobody because you can't can you can't translate language like that. Mm-hmm. There's there's just Greek grammar. Hebrew grammar is different. Their word order is different than could ever make sense if we just put English words in word order. So nobody does it that literally. Okay. Now, then we recognize that, well, different languages have different idioms. They have different mm-hmm. metaphors. They have different figures of speech. They have different ways of communicating things. And if all, even if we just said, even if we put it in a good grammar, but just matched the words, well, sometimes we're just not going to get the point across. And it causes more confusion. Right. Be- because as I read it in English, I'm actually getting the wrong idea. And so mm-hmm. what folks want to say is, well, we want to convey the meaning. And so you move all the way over to another end of the spectrum that becomes really kind of a paraphrase. We're just going to right. paraphrase so you can get the gist. Gist of it. And there's a spectrum in between there. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. every translation ends up somewhere on that spectrum. Some closer to the more literal, some closer to the more paraphrase. Kind of in the middle there is what we have the, the called the dynamic equivalence. Mm-hmm. We, we here, Here's what the meaning is, and we want to give an equivalent to you there. But we are st- trying to stick trying. with here's what's actually there yeah. rather than just giving you a gist. Anyway... Uh, you you can plot all of these translations on that spectrum, and it's not that one approach is right or wrong. The approaches accomplish different things. There is a beauty, and I think an, a, a help certainly in being aware of the spectrum translation, but also reading from a few. Yeah, uh, you know, to to I guess someone could say, look, that things have changed enough that for me personally, I find. This paraphrase, this translation obscures more than it enlightens. Sure. So I don't want to use that. Yeah. Uh, but for the most part, there's, uh, you know, a helpfulness to it, a I compliment think, to it. I think the paraphrase translations, so like the CEV, like the New Living Translation, I think it's closer the message, over there. The me- oh, the message is way it's over a on that. Paraphrase translation. What, what, what those give us is actually more along the lines of a commentary. Here is mm. a person or a group of people telling us. Here's what we think God means by this. Yeah. And it's not wrong to do that. But but at the same time, I, I think we do need to be careful because they are presenting it as if it is God's word rather than their commentary on God's word. Yeah. So let, let's, observation. Let's, let's be careful about that. But again, not throw it out. Let's, okay, let's read it. Here's this person's comment. Mm-hmm. In fact, a lot of times when you have a single editor, a single translator translation, you just need to realize that's what you're getting. You're really getting a commentary right in the form of me telling you here's what I think it means yeah and so be really careful about that I, I do one of the things that I do think we need to keep in mind is that there are some people that have and, and some groups that have offered translations that had agendas that really did straight up change things in order to fit a doctrine that they had true and of course the big example of that is the new world translation mm-hmm. by the watchtower for the Jehovah's Witnesses yeah need to be really careful with with that I think is there anything else we should talk about on that? That probably that's covers probably, it. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> that probably covers it. I, so yeah. l- looking here, uh, here 
again, for me in Psalm 75, the really powerful thing is Psalm 74 was a prayer and Psalm 75 comes off as the response. And as I'm reading Psalm 75, Andrew, one of the things that just gets gets emphasized to me is the need for me to keep praying, even when it's not going my way, even when I don't know that God is responding. So earlier in the week, just talked about the fact that that in Psalm 74, there's no indication of a verbal audible response from God or even a reaction from God. But later this other Psalm gets tacked on to show, no, God was paying attention and he did respond. But aside from all of that, what keeps me praying when things aren't going my way? What keeps me praying when life is tough and it seems like God is picking on me? What keeps me praying when it doesn't seem like God's responding and doing anything about these requests? Well, I can tell you what keeps me praying is what it points out here in verses 6 and 7. Now, from the English Standard Version, for not from the east or from the west and not from the wilderness comes lifting up, but it is God who executes judgment, putting down one and lifting up another. The reason I need to keep praying to Yahweh, the reason I need to keep praying to God is because he is the one that judges and he is the one that lifts up and nobody else does. Yeah, absolutely right. And so where else will we turn and to who else would we pray? Uh, With this psalm coming about, you know, ostensibly in this time of of Babylonian captivity or response to that... um, as it would seem, if this is the the response to the the queries in Psalm seventy four, there is a whole pantheon of pagan gods that people prayed to and people worshipped, you know, and uh, and you, they're they're calling out into the mountains. Remember Psalm seventy three? Yeah, that I mean that we we pointed out that was the big question in Psalm seventy three: the lure of idolatry, the lure of paganism. Mm-hmm. Is our God really the good God? Right, exactly. And he he got his answer by going to the sanctuary and remembering, yes, our God is a good God, and there's going to be a certain end. Then we got to Psalm seventy four, and oh wait, no uh, more sanctuary. Sanctuary's what, torn down. What do I do now? And now we've got Psalm seventy five. Yes, I'm the God who does that. That's that's where deliverance comes. None of these other gods are mm-hmm. they're, they're not they're not even real. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. You know, something that struck me was several of these gods, though, in the ancients would tie their powers to the winds of the north and the east and the west and the south. Marduk was a storm god. Baal also was a storm god. And these uh, these um, uh, winds and powers of winds even get tied to the compass rose in the different directions. And so there's something about this, a kind of a glorification of God, that his power is the true one yeah. over the all the expanse of creation. And he is the one that will be victorious in the end to rise up and lay down, even or, or make, uh, make humble uh, over and against all of these supposed gods who've conquered all the other gods and the people were worshiping. I've wondered about the pushback in the verse about deliverance coming from the wilderness. Here's what I took from that. Tell me what you think. That oftentimes, as I look back on what I've read about history, when you had governors or kings that were tyrants, the the rebels, the revolutionaries would often have their hideouts out in the wilderness. That's where they would gather yeah. the people, like David, sure, going out into the wilderness. They would gather their their army, their followers, and the, the way they would survive is by being out in the wilderness, mm-hmm. away from the city, away from the king, away from his soldiers, as they garnered support and, and trained their soldiers and got ready, and then would come sweeping in to bring the revolution and the rebellion to the city. And God is also pointing out, look, there's, there's no man out there in the wilderness yes. that's putting an army me together who's going to come in and deliver you it's not going to happen you know you don't get it from these other gods you're not going to get it from people there's only one place and this is one of the interesting things about the psalms 
um, years ago, as I, I was really digging into the Psalms about prayer and what we learned about the psalmists and their idea of prayer, one of the unique things about the Hebrew Psalms, mm-hmm. as opposed to the Psalms of the other ancient Near East people, that when those other ancient Near East people would write Psalms and they would talk about the struggles and the turmoils and the problems, they would attribute those things to jinn what we now call genies, mm-hmm. evil genies, yeah, the evil demons, evil spirits, yeah. Yeah. evil demons. And so then they would turn to their God and say, would you please attack them and deal with them? And and that's that's still taught in Islam today. That's still in the Quran. Okay. The, the jinn are a real thing okay. in that religion. What we actually have in the Psalms, which I know socks, shocks us initially, is that our psalmists actually attribute all that to God. Mm-hmm. And that's what we had in Psalm 74. It's like, God, I, you're the one that's doing why this. Are why are you doing this? Why? And that that first of that is upsetting to us on the one hand, because here are things that are bad that seem to be attributed to God. But the actual faith statement there is that God, you're the one in control. And no matter what right. the intermediary is who's actually causing this directly, I know that you're the one that's in control. And so if anybody's gonna resolve this, God is the one that's gonna resolve this. Yes. And that's the real statement of faith in the Psalms. Yes. That whatever's happening in this life deliverance comes from God. Mm -hmm. And so even if I'm mad at God, even if I think God is the one that's caused this problem, there's only one to go to to get it resolved. And that's God. Amen. And that is the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Yeah. (laughs) That is the true God. The one one God. true God who is sovereign, who is in control. And so even if it's proven to me God directly caused whatever hardship I'm going through. I need to understand the only thing that can deliver me from God's wrath is God's compassion Mm -hmm. and God's deliverance. And so whatever I'm going through, what I need to do is keep praying to God. Mm -hmm. He's the one that can lift me up. And actually, he's the one that's promised to at the right time. Yeah. We appreciate so much you joining us for Text Talk today. Hope that you are having a great week and are encouraged in the Word of God. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org, or jump on to the discussion over at Facebook. Let's have a word of prayer. Our great God and Father, Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for hearing our prayers. We know sometimes that that our faith can, can grow weak or be troubled because we don't see the answer in our time. Help us, Father, to trust your answer in your time. Father, we know there's nowhere else we can turn, nowhere else we can look for our aid, for our relief, for our support. But Father, we... We want to praise you for your truth and your greatness and your justice that, Father, when you answer, you always answer rightly. Amen. And we know, Father, it is for our love, for our good, and for for our blessing. And so we trust you with our lives this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. 
Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna! Christ is captain of the mighty throne.